This next guest comes recommended by our friend Mike Lyons, who we've been talking to for years about anything that happens military-wise. He said, you got to get Josh Campbell on. Josh Campbell's CNN security correspondent, former FBI counterterrorism agent, Navy veteran. It says here, friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show for over 15 years. You've been a listener, Josh. Welcome to the show. How you doing? <laughs> I have, Jack. It's a pleasure to be on. Uh, I've been listening a long time. And if you'll indulge me, just a quick story. I actually learned about the A&G show. I was on a uh, FBI team that was working overseas, counterterrorism cases, and it was actually a... Uh, a Navy SEAL who said, hey, you guys have to listen to, you know, the show. And I'm in L.A., so I'm already a, a Californian. Um, but one story in particular, we were out on a counterterrorism mission. And, you know, you have your logistics. An important part of that is how do you feed your crew? And this uh, defense contractor who's responsible for our food screwed up. And they basically had an entire case of hot dogs as our food. And this just happened to coincide as we're sitting around the campfire listening to the travails of Positive Sean and his uh, hot dog episode. And so there were, we were, you know, listening, eating our 20th hot dog of the week, thinking, man, we feel your pain, brother. <laughs> right. That's when I paid our producer, Sean, a thousand bucks if he could eat 70 hot dogs in a week, which he did. And I paid him a thousand dollars. So you're in L.A. You're listening to us then on uh, KABC in Los Angeles, which we are proud to be on. I was in L.A. the other night. I, I was at LAX and LAX had the that feeling that you, the airports have sometimes when security's ramped up a bit. Am I imagining that or not with the FBI saying all lights are blinking for terrorism attack and all that sort of stuff? No, you are. You know, since uh, the attack by Hamas uh, on Israel, I mean, we've seen that then reverberate across the country, excuse me, across the world, where you have intelligence services, security services around the world now on high alert to include here in the United States. Uh, You know, the FBI director had recently said that, you know, anti-Semitism, what the FBI is seeing is unlike anything uh, that it's seen certainly in the modern era. Uh, And so, you know, they are prepared for any type of attack. I mean, we know that there are different types of, of terrorism. You have, you know, cells and groups. But a particular concern to the FBI is the so-called lone wolf. And that's someone out there who, you know, is online, who's on the receiving end of all of this, you know, vitriol and garbage and, you know, all the anti- anti-Semitism that we're seeing uh, who might opt to actually act with violence. And so that's something certainly that they're watching. Yeah, the lone wolf thing, which I know is uh, is a hard thing to stop for obvious reasons, and then you got a porous border also, uh, so, you know, a cell coming together doesn't seem like a big stretch. No, you're right. I mean, and that, that's, I have to tell you, I mean, that is one particular concern is, you know, obviously when you talk about people coming into the United States who the government isn't able to keep tabs on, I mean, that is a lucrative mode of entry, so to speak. Um, you know, if you're a terrorist group wondering how you actually secrete people in the United States, that's obviously one vector. I mean, go to the place where, um, you know, people aren't being screened or if there is screening, it's, you know, it's very cursory. Um, and so, you know, that, that's something interesting. Obviously, when we talk about immigration, I mean, I don't cover politics uh, for CNN. In, but I cover security, and that is certainly a concern. You know, obviously there are the the immigration laws that, are, that have been debated, you know, for for years and years. Uh, but on the security side of the house, law enforcement, the FBI, uh, state police, you know, along the border, there's certainly concern that among you know people coming to the United States, it could be people trying to cause ill intent, uh, and that, that's a great vector to try to get someone in the United States. So you talked about chatter and the and the FBI director Ray saying he've ne- he hasn't seen all the lights flashing like this since 9/11. What other than posts on Twitter and Facebook are you guys talking about when you say, you know, all the lights are blinking? 
Well, I'll give you an example. I mean, we've seen you know threats to Jewish institutions here in the United States, both both physical threats um, that have manifested in you know vandalism and destruction, uh, but also the online threats. And just to give you an example, you know, I've been reporting throughout this week. Over this past weekend, from Saturday to Monday, there were over four hundred Jewish institutions in the U.S. that received bomb threats. And you can imagine, you know, I've been I've been speaking with uh, Jewish leaders who say, you know, they're going about their services. All of a sudden, they receive a message saying that there is a uh, incendiary device in your institution that's going to go off. You can imagine just the widespread chaos uh, and fear and panic that that would cause. And you know, you you scale that to over 400 institutions. Um, that, that's certainly something that law enforcement is taking seriously. We're told that there are over 30 FBI field offices in the U.S. that are currently investigating uh, those threats. And you know, interestingly, as the FBI conducted its investigation, they learned that this particular wave of threats. Uh, the, the 400 were actually coming from overseas. Um, and, you know, I talked with uh, the Anti-Defamation League. They actually have their own threat watchers who are going onto the dark web trying to find, you know, these groups that are that are talking about, you know, conducting um, th- these types of threats in order to try to get that information to law enforcement. And they said that one of the typical profiles that they're seeing are these groups are actually young gamers, you know, people who are in these online gaming communities who are, you know, spewing hate and then, you know, get together and try to get attention and then go, you know, do these types of digital threats in order to try to see, you know, the fear, uh, you know, that they that they'll cause. Um, and you know, even more sinister. I mean, a lot of these online services are streamed online, and so you know, these uh, perpetrators can actually watch in real time the the chaos and fear. And so it's it's certainly something that's very serious. It's it's a challenge for law enforcement when you're talking about uh, digital threats. Obviously, the relative anonymity of the, of the internet makes that challenging. That said, the FBI and uh, local law enforcement has had successes. Uh, in recent months, including right here in Southern California, in Orange County, just last week, the FBI arrested a, a juvenile who was making threats to Jewish institutions, to African American churches, and they said that this juvenile was part of an online ring uh, of people who were calling in threats. And so they they have seen successes, but these cases are certainly very difficult. I've got a friend who's in uh, your line of work, to be vague, and always talks about trying to figure out if somebody's a keyboard warrior. Or an actual threat. That's got to be the real difficult thing. I mean, because it's real easy to shoot your mouth off as a gamer wearing your headset to your friends and sound like a tough guy and try to figure out whether that person is, you know, just shooting their mouth off or, or, or danger. How in the heck do you ever figure that out? You know, it's difficult. I mean, in the security world, you're looking for two things. You're looking for capability and intent. You know, someone who has the actual capability to cause harm. Uh, if they don't have the intent to do so, they're obviously, you know, less of a threat. Someone who has the intent to, to kill people but isn't capable of doing so, you know, that's obviously uh, something that, that could be mitigated. But when you couple those together, someone who is dangerous uh, and has the ability uh, to go out and, and, and cause destruction or to hurt people, you know, that's something that certainly law enforcement is constantly trying to look for. And particularly when you talk about, uh, you know, uh, words and, you know, speaking. I remember when I was in the FBI, I mean, that was a constant challenge. Where do you reach that threshold from someone who's just spouting off? Um, you know, to actually someone who was inciting inciting violence, and you know, I'm, I'm not a lawyer like Joe. I almost went to law school, but that was a constant <laughs> challenge. You know, what what is it that gets you over that threshold? And, and it's certainly you know very difficult. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I got a lot of questions for you, but I don't want to ask them because I don't want you to answer them. I don't want to oh. give people any any ideas or yeah. or know that you're on to them. One thing I, I I think often when I'm at airports and I see the security is I feel like 
We're so focused on, like, airports are the only thing you can attack and the only way you can possibly ever kill people is with a plane or at an airport, when obviously there are lots of options out there. Is security ramped up in a lot of other arenas that we just don't see outside of flying? Yeah, you know, there's the seen and the unseen. I mean, that security posture that you see at an airport, for example, uh, a lot of that is is to serve as a deterrent. You know, when you roll up to LAX and you see, you know, the uh, airport police officers there who are doing their random checks, you know, they'll stop every 10th or 12th car or whatever it is. Um, you know, a lot of that is just to serve as that deterrent. Hey, if you're intent on causing harm here, you may be the person that gets caught up, uh, you know, in this net. Um, but there are a lot of, um, uh, you know, systems out there, a lot of um, uh, intelligence collection platforms that are used that try to detect threats. And, and a lot of it, you know, can be after the fact. I mean, I'll give you an example of, you know, here, uh, there was a, a serial killer, for example, here in Los Angeles um, uh, in the last couple of weeks. And this person was stopped by the Beverly Hills Police Department because the department had installed license plate scanners and so they they had this technology that was in place that wasn't intent on finding any particular person um, but it helped after the fact because you know at one of the scenes of one of these uh, killings they cops got a license plate they entered it into the system the moment that guy popped uh, driving through beverly hills they were able to to go in and capture him but you know that's after the fact right after the person's right. already done uh, certain crimes and so hey, we're know. up against a hard break josh and i want to have time to say thank you very much for coming on and we would love to have you on a lot more during this next year uh, glad to get to know you, and thanks for listening all these years. Josh Campbell, CNN security correspondent. You're going to hear a lot more from him in future episodes. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.